We know there are times where you're just too busy to sort through the mass of information that comes your way. So to make it easier for you to stay informed, subscribe to The Morning Agenda, WITF's news podcast, where the only agenda is you. Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like its Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC Heart and Vascular Institute. With experience, cutting-edge technology, and a collaborative approach, you'll receive the most advanced treatment. More at upmc.com slash centralpaheart. Welcome to The Spark. I'm Scott Lamar. Coming up later in the program, we focus on Access 411, which is a web-based school management platform that aids with student transportation, after-school programs, student meals and identification, and more. But up front, late January and almost February is not when many of us are thinking about gardening. But maybe we should. We could be planning or dreaming about what we want to do once there's little chance of frost or freezing, or maybe get a jump on the warmer weather. Horticulturist Erica Jo Schaefer dreams all year round about flowers, plants, and trees, and she's on the spark to pass along her tips. I'm dreaming of a spring <laughs> garden. I won't go awesome. b- beyond that. but uh, <laughs> So I was using your words about dreaming of your garden. We mm-hmm. communicate before the program, and mm-hmm. you know, you suggest some topics that we could bring. And we said, well, let's talk about uh, dreaming of gardens. Do you uh, dream all year round about yes, gardens? Yes, I absolutely do. And in the wintertime, you know, when you, you can't, really go out and do it, then, you know, you really can start to think about all the things you're going to do when you get back in the garden. All right. So dreaming, we're really talking about planning, Mm -hmm. but let's talk about dreams at night. Do you actually dream about flowers, plants, and trees? Well, of course. Hugging trees, hugging trees and planting more gardens. Sometimes they talk to me. I ran into some, yeah, ran into some woodier mushrooms and they they were listening. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so let's plan. What's the process for a spring garden? Well, if you're, you know, sometimes you're planning about starting a new area. Maybe you want to take away some more lawn and put some more shrubs in. Maybe, especially in the wintertime, you can see the things that you maybe don't like anymore. You know, things that are overgrown or maybe you've pruned nearly to death something that you say gets too big because you should have picked a smaller growing shrub and you're sick of pruning it. Like it just feels like we get a little more focused in the winter because we're not um, distracted by all the color and the butterflies and the things that are starting to sprout. Maybe that's just me. I I just, I I don't know if I've ever heard you describe anything as being distracted. I (laughs) thought you were Well, I mean other people. Like, I'm not distracted. Well, maybe I'm distracted. (laughs) I keep falling in love with all these different plants. When you say pruning something to death, what do you mean? Um, turning your things into squares and meatballs, like constantly pruning, 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 pruning. Like it's it's the wrong shrub, and then people complain about they're they're having to do too much out outside in their garden. Like that shrub, I'm always having to prune it. Well, here's an idea: take it out and put something in that doesn't grow so big. Well, and then it, when you prune them to death, you've removed so much foliage that they can't photosynthesize, and then they start to get insects and diseases. 
and it just it just takes them down. Like if a plant wants to get whatever, you didn't read the instructions or the label was wrong, which also happens. You can't find somebody who knows what you know what they do. And you bought a plant for in front. I just saw it yesterday. Somebody does bland, brand new house, and they put these little. They're so cute. These little gold thread cypresses right in front of their house under the windows. They get ten feet tall, and eight feet wide. Yeah. And so they're gonna they're, they're gonna grow. They're gonna plants want to live. I have a neighbor up the street that uh, po- that planted four trees in their front yard, and they're probably six feet apart. Mm-hmm. And these trees are already six feet tall as they're planting them. And I'm thinking, okay, that those mm-hmm. are too close together. Well, and it'll depend on what what trees they right, are. Right, and right. some people do that on purpose to create a grove, a grove effect, or like more screening. It'd be interesting to know what trees they yeah. have. Yeah. Well, I can't tell because they don't have any leaves or anything on them now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have a boxwood plant that, no, I think I've mentioned this to you before, but uh, I love the smell, mm-hmm. the odor, yep. the aroma of boxwood yep. plants. Yep. Planted one about 10 years ago. It is huge now. Mm-hmm. Now, I have no plans to um, dig it up or get rid of it. It's under, it's behind the house, but it does take a lot of. Sh- I don't know. It does, not pruning, obviously, but trimming. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot. Do you, do you have to prune it? I mean, is it against the house? Is it no, bothersome, or could you just f- let it be free? It's it's a few feet away from the house, mm-hmm. but still, I, I in the, you know in the springtime, I love that aroma of yeah. boxwood. Yeah. So, so uh, frost seems to be the key. When I I, I know you probably ask, I don't know about every day, but probably often. Uh, when can I start planning? When, when, when? Yep, that's that's the thing, too. Yeah. You should have seen him light up, you guys. That was awesome. <laughs> um, so that's how we're all feeling right now. It's like, uh, oh, yeah. Well, I, um, I, I mentioned you know, ahead of time when I heard the weather forecast, when's the sun going to come out again? Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, it's kind of you can plan as long as the ground isn't frozen. Right. However, most of the things that are coming out of greenhouses are not going to be really happy about sitting in 20 degree at night temperatures. So, um, you know, you might if you didn't get your bulbs planted last autumn when you should have, you know, if you're really hungry to get outside and you can get this, get the soil, get in the soil, you could still do that. But it's it's really too early for us to plant because the plants aren't ready. Right. But is frost kind of frost and freeze? Is that the barometer? Uh, yeah, in yeah, in most cases, yes. Mm-hmm. And we've had this conversation. We usually have it uh, in the late winter, early spring, but uh, the early, the the latest frost when it's going to be, you yeah. never can tell. That's a crapshoot these it days. It really is. It really is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it used to be that you always heard yep. traditionally Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But uh, now there are times where we have the last frost is much before that. But then we've had some of those weird times when it's after that. Yep, yep. And that's the, I mean, that's the life of a gardener. I mean, you cover your things or, you know, and and I think the worst in that scenario is that when it starts to warm up, we want to buy plants. Mm-hmm. And then we get them all in and then that like frost comes and just blasts a whole bunch of the more tropical ones that we thought would be okay and you know, we just go crazy. More tropical ones like what? Like any kind of anything that you're buying out, out of the greenhouses. Like some things like even marigolds. Like marigolds are super, super sensitive to cold night temperatures. So they might get hit, but your geraniums might sneak through. 
So each one of the plants has a temperature that they're going to deal with. However, again, if they're coming out of warm greenhouses, they wouldn't be used to being out you know, in the mm-hmm. cold temperatures. Us going to Florida right now versus us going to Iceland right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned this before we went on the air, but uh, before I left for work today, I saw more than a dozen robins in my front yard. Mm-hmm. That didn't used to happen in January. No, they used to stay more in the brush and stuff like that. They don't really migrate the way, you know, a lot of birds migrate. But, yeah, it's, I've seen them, and somebody else posted on my um, page about seeing them in a puddle. You know, all like 16 robins or something in a big puddle, like all getting themselves a bath. Well, see, that used to be a, a little bit of a barometer, too, that, yep, uh, yep. okay, spring is yep, on the way yep, because the there, there are robins out there. And yep. uh, I guess not anymore. No, no, no. So everything's changing. Everything's changing. So I, I had a question, something I was reading the other day. What is heaving? Heaving. Yes. When the when the ground kind of opens up and heaves your plants out that you planted too late last year. Okay. You know, you got the one you know, that one last azalea that you found for five bucks and you put it in at you know, on Thanksgiving Day <laughs> kind of thing. And then we have all this all this rain and all this moisture in the ground and then it freezes again and it'll just push it right up out of the ground. So you'll see the roots coming up out of the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you do? Um, you wait until it gets warmer, or you can put um, burlap or things around it to so the ground isn't the plant isn't exposed. Take it back out and put it back in the bucket and put it in your garage, even mm-hmm. because the roots being exposed are going to you know that's going to create damage for the. So plant. Uh, it's it it doesn't mean that if you see the roots coming up, if it's heaving, that. You have to dig it up and just write it off. You no, can't not necessarily. save it. You can't save it. It's probably going to depend again on what plant it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's 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 things to do, and that's that's not that common. Oh, it's not. No. Mm-mm. See, the article I read made it sound like it was common. Because mm. you maybe had kind maybe of... in colder, maybe higher temperature or higher up Pennsylvania. Yeah. But around here, it's not something. I mean, unless you're really planting late. When I when I said heaving, you got a look on your face like I know. It's like, what is he? What? Is he talking about throw up or something? Or yeah, or or you know, even small potted perennials that you tried to sneak in at the last minute because they wouldn't have their roots like situated in the ground to hold them in place, so they wouldn't heave. Can that's I just... really not. I mean, it's not like, oh my goodness, my plants are heaving again. That's not really happening. Yeah. Can you just walk around the yard and uh, yep, put your foot little, on yeah, them? Yeah, yeah, give them a little push back in. If sure. the ground will accept them. Yeah, yep. okay. Do you know that in the last 50 years that the bird population worldwide has declined 30%? It's like billions of birds that aren't around anymore. And that makes my heart hurt. It really does. I mean, they're they're... They're chopping down the rainforest, and even in our areas, it's, oh, well, it's the rainforest. Well, in our area, if you keep putting chemicals on your lawn, right, then you're contributing to that. Well, there are a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors, and even like one of the things with our neat freak thing, you know, our perfect lawns and our perfectly cut squares and meatballs and our shrubbery and all that, is the removal of our trees that are not going to fall on our house, but... The ones that are just freestanding that are rotting, that the woodpeckers are using, that our native bees and native pollinators are using. Like, we are constantly cleaning, 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 and like, like that's not what Mother Nature does. All right, but at the same time, you don't want a rotting tree in your front yard. Why not? That may, well, oh, that wood might fall in your house. Sure, liability. I get that. I get that. But if it's in or the me. back. 
There's some. <laughs> I actually just read a really interesting article about stump gardens. Stump gardens. Stump gardens. Yep. Not stumpy gardens. No, not stumpy. No. Oh, okay. Come what, on, what's Scott. a stump? What's a so stump when you're garden? leaving your tree stumps to actually rot and create habitat for insects that the birds come from, for or native bees or moss, or you can plant little ferns in them. It was a really big di- a really big deal in England at one point. Like where the like the royalty, like it was a thing that would actually place these stumps in these dead trees and let the moss come and the aging of it. I know. Don't look at me like that. Well, I'm just I'm, I'm always picturing you doing this, and I just first of all can't see you cutting down a tree no, to gosh, use a stump. No, no, but I might sneak a little bit of our firewood out every now and again out into the garden. Uh-huh. Or if I had I had a willow tree that finally reached its end, and I let I put all the pieces through the whole garden so they could just continue to rot and do what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have rotting leaves, rotting logs. I do, right? I'm letting Mother Nature do what it is that she does. All right. Well, let's uh, let's oh, talk about this treat that closer, you have. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I am now. What, so what, what, we, what do we have, we have today? We have lemon and candied ginger bundt cake. Okay. That wait, no, I'm gonna put some of my oh, homemade okay. well, elderberry. I touched that one, so I see that. It's like a I'm double dip. A I don't want to do that. I'm gonna put a little my homemade elderberry jam on that for you. All right. And it's almost like you're getting an immune system boost then because you've really? got elderberry, you've got lemon, you've got ginger. We'll just pretend we're not eating this much sugar, but it is a low sugar recipe on the elderberry jam. But the elderberries are, um, you know, one of our native th- plants, which the birds love also. And a, really a great boost for your immune system. I saw at the grocery store they have vitamins called Sambucus, mm-hmm. which really sounds like yeah. this. I mean, but it's elderberry. Mm. This is good. This is very good. Thank you. And you always have a nice presentation, too. You have Aww. strawberries. What else is that? Uh, it's uh, raspberries and, and just candy ginger slices. Okay, yeah, I thought... Ginger is so good for your immune system. And so, of course, it's the elderberry. Cake, not so much, but, like, it's presentation. So, the recipe, I'm always asking after... Yeah, I thought I could I could post that on the Spark. Okay, right? we'll do that. So, that's where the recipe will be. And okay. it's, a, you know, it's a Martha Stewart recipe, so you know it's good. <laughs> How much sugar is there in this? A lot. <laughs> I thought you were giving me something all natural. No, not all natural. That's a broad. That's a broad brush right there. Well, buddy. that is a broad brush. But, oh, even your Native, napkins. I could say. Even your napkins have acorns and. Look at, look at that. <laughs> All it's right. on the details. Okay. It's on the details. My husband actually reminded me, don't forget your fancy napkins. No. Yeah, he well, knows thank how you I am. Your, your, your husband. He's awesome. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try to get through, uh, finish chewing this. <clears throat> Thank you, Mama. We have the video we're going to put on the Sparks uh, Facebook page of that. You, you can see me eating. But uh, no, the better <laughs> thing is that you can see um, the, the treat here. All right. So flower beds in the wintertime. Salt got into it. I mean, the snow we had last week, mm-hmm. I noticed that um, in the driveway on the sidewalk had to put a little bit of uh, rock salt. Noticed that some got into uh, the flower bed. Anything I can do? Mm-mm. No, nope. too late. Nope. Too late. Um, you know, try to be not so heavy-handed, and at the same time, like you don't want to slip on ice. True. So, um, there's not like try to not be as heavy-handed near the spots where you know that the you know when the snow melts or whatever is going to come into your flower beds. What will salt do? Uh, salt burns the roots. Really? Yeah. Kills it. Kills it. Can kill it. Yeah. Well, I didn't really. I, I don't know. I didn't really put out that much. Just enough to. Uh, well. 
you know, melt some of the ice. Right. And it's good that you're aware that that could have that effect. Like, you know, a lot of people are using way more than they actually have to. Yeah. There's a lot so. of, well, on the roads too. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Seeds that you can start now. Nothing. Well, maybe kale. No, well, maybe kale. It's a little, see, and that's part of the conversation, though. It's a little (laughs) bit too early. Like, people be starting their tomato seeds right now because they're hungry for gardening and whatever way they can do. And then by the time, you know, May comes, when they can put them out, they're all long and stringy and they're upset and sad and all the things. Like, there's an actual, I think, in February, if you're in for it, we'll talk more about, like, scheduling so that you're not starting. Like, you start your peppers you know, you'd start your peppers maybe at the end of February, but you're not starting your tomatoes till like maybe the end of March. Oh. So there's a whole thing. There's a whole chart of when is the best time to start your things for the best success. Well, see, this article I was reading, um, and of course it was a national article, so it may have been talking about other areas of the country, mm-hmm. but it said, uh, wait till the end of January to start your seeds. You're saying that's too early for us. Well, no, I'm saying it's too early for most of everything. Okay. Yes, like you might start onion seeds, you might start... Um, and anything in the family, leek seeds, you might start your kale because kale can go out earlier. Mm-hmm. You can put your kale out in March. My you kale. You can't put your kale. Yeah. You can't put your tomatoes out in March. So that plays into it, too. There's a there's a whole, really, truly a science about when in our area or anybody's area, when and who and what you're going to start when for your greatest success. Once you do that, okay, now we're a month or so ahead of time, but once you do... Maybe you're doing it for the first time this year, Mm -hmm. uh, planting some seeds. Where do you put them in the house if you don't have a greenhouse? Uh, You could, you know, use a card table or whatever. The trick is the lighting. Yeah, okay. So you have to, you know, you have to have in in, uh, grow lights are actually, you can get screw-in grow lights now too. So you could actually change some fixtures in your in your house, in your living room, wherever you're setting this up to grow light fixtures, which has the longer spectrum Mm -hmm. of light that's going to more resemble sunlight. And you keep it you keep the light lower to the seedlings so they don't stretch, right? If you've got this, if you've got the light three feet ahead of... They'll be toward the light. Right. They're going to lean, but they're also going to stretch if you've right. got the light uh-huh. up too high. So as they grow, you start to raise the light up. Okay. So, you know, so that they're growing more sturdy. So how close to start out? How close should the, the, the light be? <clears throat> Okay, you're Four doing this on inches, radio right. with, your <laughs> sure with my hands. Hey, <laughs> I'm figuring it out. Stop it. Um, four or five uh, inches, probably, to start with. You know, when they first start sprouting. But then again, you start raising it depending on what plant it is, how fast they're growing, how good you're doing. Because if you keep it too low, then you'll fry them. Do you plant seeds? No, not so much anymore. Because it's easier for me to buy, uh, like, say, in tomato plants, I want a variety of different varieties. So if I have a pack of whatever, better boy tomato seeds, and I've got 32 seeds that make it into plants, what am I going to do with 32 tomato plants of the same variety? Do you pay more attention to your houseplants in the winter? I do. I do. And that's another like, you know, we have to be our hot, our homes are so super dry. Yeah. And most of our houseplants are from tropical regions. You can overwater them. You can underwater them. So, you know, choosing the ones like people like I always kill this plant. And for some reason, they always buy it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that. We only have about two minutes left. Uh, and you wanted to talk about bird seeds <clears throat> and cleaning your bird cleaner. Yeah, cleaning your bird feeder. Like, when's the last time you cleaned your bird feeder? Especially with all the rain we just had and all the snow melt, the ports get really gross. 
you yeah, know, and it can hold fungus and also the way the birds are coming and going. If there it happens to be some sort of a disease that's around within the bird population it's visiting, you know, that's a place where it can start spreading. So, like, get out your putty knife or get out a, you know, a flathead screwdriver or whatever, and you can use a mild bleach solution like you would for sanitizing and rinse it really good. Um, you know, sometimes the bird seed gets wet and gets really gross. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, if you haven't done it in a while, it's a good idea to clean your bird feeder. Do the birds care that uh, it's wet and really gross? Uh, I think they would. I Why? mean, I think they would because it's because it's now it's not nutrition anymore. It's growing mold on it. Well, and okay, well, no, not, you didn't right. say that part. So then, so then they're down visiting your neighbor, and you're wondering why you don't have birds at your feet. <laughs> and they're like, "Girl, <laughs> clean your feeder." Uh, so the birds are like judging who <laughs> has oh, the sure. cleanest. Oh, the sure, I'm sure. <laughs> you think they are? <laughs> well, having those 16 robins in my front yard yeah. must say something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty proud about that, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> Hey, Eric and Joe Schaefer, thank you very much for being with us today. Oh, always a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me.